Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. It was a large pink house in Kerala. And to be honest, it looked like a really nice family home. It was about three stories high with white railings all around the house and an iron gate. It just looked like a very respectable house. And the house was big and spacious but modestly furnished. This was very much a middle class household and this home belonged to the Thomas family. The older Mr. Thomas, Tom Thomas, was a retired education department clerk and Anna Ma, his wife, had previously worked as a teacher. And they were just very popular in the neighborhood as a wholesome, loving family. But one by one, members of the family started dying, to the point where Tom and Anna Ma's daughter-in-law would come up and say that maybe the house was cursed, maybe there was something supernatural going on. Or maybe they didn't consider that somebody was taking out members of the family one by one. Hi, I'm Teddy and welcome to A Brief Case. Today, I'm covering another listener-recommended case. Thank you to Sharyu Nagdeote for recommending this one. And this is the case of the Kudathai Cyanide Murders, also more commonly known as the murders of Jolly Ama Joseph. The family tree for this particular case is a little bit confusing, so we'll try our best to break it down before we begin. So first, we have Tom Thomas, who at that point of time would have been around 66 years old. And we have his wife, Anama Thomas, who would have been 57 years old. Tom and his wife had three children. They had Roy, who would have been about 40 or so. They had Rojo, and they had one daughter called Renji. So two sons and a daughter. That's the immediate family with three children. Roy Thomas was married to Jolly Joseph, who according to CNN's full name was Jolly Yama, but most people called her Jolly. And it's believed that Jolly and Roy, they had a love marriage rather than an arranged marriage. Now, the family lived in Kudathai, in the Koji Kode district in Kerala, and I, I hope I'm not butchering it too badly. And this was an incredibly small town. The town only had 12,000 people, so everybody knew each other relatively well, and the family was really quite well regarded. And this was especially interesting because it is mentioned that the town is majority Muslim, but Jolly and her extended family and her in-laws were Christian. So now Roy is referred to as unemployed in different sources regarding the case. And allegedly, Jolly said that she was a lecturer at the National Institute of Technology, Kalikut, which was about half an hour away from her home. And everybody seemed to like Jolly. Everybody seemed to have good things to say about her, that she was very pious, that she was very chatty, that she was very easy to get along with. So now it's also said that Roy had a drinking problem, but that it was never anything too bad and it was never out of control. 
and there was no indication that he was in any way abusive or anything of that sort. It's just that he had a little bit of a drinking problem and that he was unemployed. So the couple, they actually got married in 1997. And at that point of time, I don't think he was unemployed. According to IndiaExpress.com, he was working as a trader. So Roy and Jolly, they settle into family life and they have two children. They have two sons. Now, there wasn't any indication that anything was particularly wrong with their relationship and she seemed to get along fine with her family and with her new in-laws. And when Jolly wasn't quote-unquote teaching at school, she would be volunteering in church activities, she would be organizing, she was active in the community, she was basically who you want your neighbor to be. That is, until the first death that happens on 22nd August 2002. Jolly's mother-in-law, she drinks some mutton soup and then she passes out. She's sent to a hospital but she dies. Well, this doesn't seem too suspicious because she is a little bit older. She's in her late 50s when this happens. They declare this as a heart attack and the family moves on the best that they can. But apparently it wasn't the same because after the mom died, everything became a bit more muted. And it's speculated that the reason why Jolly killed her mother-in-law was because her mother-in-law had control in the family and Jolly wanted more control over finances. Six years after that, in 2008, her father-in-law, Tom Thomas, also collapses and dies. So what's suspicious is prior to his death, he actually gave her some money from the sale of a two-acre paddy field. But then what he said after may have been what triggered her. After the sale and giving her money, he told her that she wasn't going to get anything else. And in the future, any other property would be divided by his remaining son and daughter. So that would have been Rojo and Renji. But after his death, it's speculated that Jolly forged a will stating that everything was going to be given to her and her husband. Now, Jolly wasn't satisfied and in 2011, Jolly's husband, Roy, dies. What's interesting that they found traces of cyanide in his body, but instead of treating it as a suspicious death, they actually treated it as a suicide. And the cause of death was ruled as suicide due to financial issues. And this is a little bit suspicious because he isn't too old. And literally three years ago, he inherited a bunch of property and money from his dad and his wife actually had a stable job. Now, his mom's brother, Roy's mom's brother, his maternal uncle, Matthew Manjayadil, becomes a little bit suspicious because with the older Thomases, with Anama and Tom, they are a bit older, so it isn't too suspicious. But Roy, he's in his 40s. And another thing that was a little bit suspicious was that right after Roy's death, Jolly started spending quite a bit of money, including buying herself a nice big silver car. And her lifestyle became more lavish. Her lifestyle changed quite a bit. And so Roy's uncle Matthew calls for a post-mortem report and an inquiry into this. And he's really looking into it with a lot of suspicion. He's pushing the family to look further into the death. But his family, it seemed, didn't really want to because everybody had this reputation of being nice and wholesome. And the speculation is that they didn't want anyone looking at their family or thinking of their family in any other way. But literally three years later, in 2014, 
we don't know the circumstances but Jolly gives Matthew a glass of whiskey with a special ingredient and that special ingredient was poison. Now Roy had a cousin and this cousin was his dad Tom's brother's son, so a paternal cousin. And this cousin's name was Shaju Zakaria. And it seems that Jolly got close to the family because one day when she was with his cousin's daughter, Shaju's daughter, Alfine Shaju, a two-year-old child, dies from quote-unquote choking. And this was also in 2014. And in 2016, another two years after this, Alpine's mom, Silly Shaju, is given a glass of water from Jolly. She drinks it, immediately froths at the mouth and dies on the spot. And if this isn't the most suspicious thing ever, Jolly literally marries Shaju a year later. And again, this is just complete speculation, but it almost looks like she methodically got rid of Shaju's family so that she could step into place. But also, it could all ha- just have been a coincidence. Now, all this while, Roy's siblings, his brother and his sister, they are feeling a little bit suspicious about this and they start looking into Jolly. And one of the first things that Roger found was that Jolly didn't even work at the university. It seemed that every day she was leaving to go work somewhere else. And according to some sources, it was a beauty salon. And when he looked into the university, the most that she did was sometimes go to the canteen and have a cup of tea there. Another thing is that they find a discrepancy in their brother's death. They find a discrepancy in Roy's death. So Jolly said that she was making an omelette when he rushed into the bathroom and collapsed. And there are also other accounts where it's said that his last meal was at 3.30pm. But when they looked at the postmortem, it seemed that his last meal was actually at 8.30pm and it was rice and curry. But according to CNN, it's also not possible to confirm this postmortem. Now, Rojo files a complaint with the police and the police begin to investigate and they start to find discrepancies in Jolly Joseph's story. And they find a total of about 50 discrepancies. So the police order the bodies of her victims to be exhumed. They order the bodies of Tom, Anama, Roy, Alpine and Silly to be exhumed so that they can further investigate. And one thing that they did find during their investigations was also cyanide in Jolly's car's dashboard. She had killed five out of six members of the family with cyanide and the only one that she didn't kill with cyanide was Anama, her mother-in-law. For her first kill, she had used poison that she got from a vet that she said that she was going to use to put down her dog. So she actually gave her a poisoned Ayurvedic tonic, which is some sort of herbal tonic, but she didn't succeed. So now two other men were also arrested with regard to the case. One of them was called M.S. Matthew, who was a distant relative of Jolly and also a jewelry shop employee. And Jolly actually told him that she needed cyanide to kill a rat in her house. And it's a little bit suspicious, but then instead of him buying the cyanide directly, he also gets cyanide from a goldsmith called Prajikuma. 
So it's a little bit suspicious because they're not really buying it over the counter, but maybe there's not really a pharmacy or anything that you can buy it from. Matthew buys the cyanide from Paraji Kuma with two bottles of alcohol and 5,000 rupees. And it's assumed that both of them thought that it was going to be for pest control. And this is where the case is now. And hopefully we see Jolly brought to justice. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. It's a little bit abrupt, but I think that's because this is still an ongoing case on other podcast matters. So now this week's comment on last week's episode is by Bernard Lee, who says, Finally on the latest episode, I don't even listen to music anymore when I found out about your podcast. Thanks, Bernard. You're so funny. But please, still continue to listen to music. (laughs) And as always, you can find us on Instagram at briefcasepodcast and online at briefcasepodcast.com. And do join us next week for another briefcase. Dip into Raising Cane's when you crave something hot and fresh and oh-so-delicious. Dip in for cooked-to-order chicken fingers, crispy crinkle-cut fries, and garlicky buttered Texas toast. Our secret cane sauce makes every dip a delight. Raising Cane's chicken fingers. One love. (laughs) Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.